Israel is known for its breakthroughs in medical research, including the field of herbal supplements. Prisho Opuntimal is dedicated to the wellness of men and women, particularly in the areas of prostate and urinary tract health. We make it affordable for you to get the very best natural health supplements available. Don't just suffer. Get Prisho brand Opuntimal. Order it online at prisho.com. That's P-R-I-S-S-O dot com. Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, Israel, and the nations. You're here on Noahide Nations, and I'm your co-host, Ray Patterson. It's certainly glad to be here with you folks, and let me go ahead and bring in my new co-host, Prescott Johnson. Prescott, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing fine, Ray. Uh, we just got some snow here in Nova Scotia. <laughs> Did you? Um, uh, yeah, so I actually had a chance to put my truck in four-wheel drive and go out and play this morning for a little bit. <laughs> well, let me tell you about some other folks that are playing that are really enjoying this whole global warming thing, and uh, that's the folks in Houston. Uh, <laughs> they they had record snow down in Houston, if you can imagine that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we actually got a, a little bit of snow here. It didn't really stick, but we've got some more potentially coming that uh, it could be sticking. So it could be, could get real interesting here in a hurry. I understand you'd hurt your back. I mean, are you doing okay? You feel all right? Uh, you able to get through the show? Yes, I, I, um, you know, it's one of those things. I can uh, I can grab five hundred pounds of something and pick it up but if i turn or twist the wrong way uh i'm i'm hobbled over uh and and next to useless it's uh <laughs> it's uh anyway but i'm doing fine i'm my spirits are high today uh and uh, excited about uh, doing the show so you can lift a 500 pounds, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll have to talk later. Uh, <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, we want to go ahead and get into the show, and uh, we do have an excellent show for you today. And uh, before we get started, I want to do just a little bit of housekeeping. For those of you who don't know, we, we do love to get your emails, your, your comments. Uh, if you like to give us a little pat on the back, that doesn't hurt uh, at all either. So please do send those emails in to Noahide at IsraelNationalRadio.com. And Prescott, I want to go ahead and kind of get things started with uh, giving a review of the seven Noahide laws. Most of our audience is aware of them. We, I know we have new listeners all the time, so I want to go ahead and uh, make sure that they become aware of them. Sure. And we start off uh, with what I feel is uh, probably one of the most important ones, and that's not to commit idolatry. There's also not to commit murder not to commit theft, not to commit blasphemy, uh, no sexual transgressions of any kind, do not eat the limb of a living animal, and also to set up courts of justice for the purpose of serving justice. And those are the seven, uh, what I call the, the seven umbrella categories. And, of course, there's many subcategories to each one of those seven. And uh, we're going to learn a little bit uh, more about this today from a real expert. Uh, our guest today is the executive director of the Ask Noah International Organization, which is a charitable organization here in the United States based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
He is, uh, has his bachelor's degree in physics and uh, uh, mathematics from the Washington University in Missouri. Uh, also has a Ph.D. degree in physics from the University of Wisconsin. So quite obviously, he's a very intelligent individual and probably somebody we should have on our show uh, a little bit more regularly than we have. Now, he's been also working uh, as a physicist in a senior-level advanced development engineering position. This gentleman has nine U.S. patents and has published 30-some-odd scientific and engineering papers. So he is uh, uh, definitely a very intelligent individual, and I know that by the end of this interview, you're going to know that he knows a lot about Torah as well. And I, I, I want to go ahead and just tell you a little bit about the Ask Noah organization. He actually volunteered to set up their website in 1999. And it was just you know starting off to be a two-page website. And it, it actually wound up, if you go and visit it, at www.asknoah.org. Uh, it's a huge website now, kind of like uh, Noah Hyde Nations is. I mean, it started yeah. off as an idea on a napkin. And all of a sudden, you know, one day I, I looked at it and I said, oh, my gosh, I thought the, it was like watching the grass grow, but in reality, it turned into this huge monster at times where it was difficult to manage. And I'll guarantee you, when you go to Ask Noah, there is a lot of pertinent information for Gentiles on that site. Mm. So let me let me go ahead and bring him in here. His name is Dr. Michael Schulman, again, the executive director of Ask Noah International. Doctor, come on in here. How you doing today, sir? Shalom, Ray, and for um, doing very well and happy to be on your show. Um, Prescott and I, we've talked about uh, uh, this interview, and we're very excited about it because what we're going to talk about here today is the book that has been published and uh, put out by your organization titled The Divine Code. And uh, you were heavily involved in this project. Uh, and, and I know that the Ask Noah organization, I'm a little clear on, on uh, exactly what they did. Were they actually the publisher, uh, a contributor? Uh, what are the levels of involvement that uh, you had, that the organization had? Um, well, from beginning to end, the, the involvement was the Ask Noah organiza- organization, and I am the executive director. So that pretty much covers everything. Um, we did set ourselves up as a publishing company, so it is published by Ask Noah International. Okay. Now, you're one of the original founders of Ask Noah? Well, let me explain that. Um, the, uh, the original brainchild for Ask Noah was, as you said, a, a little two-page website um, that a friend of mine set up, a very good friend and a very uh, very enthusiastic uh, individual in terms of the outreach of Sheva Mitzvahs, he got the idea to put up a, a website um, saying what are the mitzvahs and encouraging people to send in questions. Um, but he didn't have the technical background to be able to really do anything with that. So I volunteered or he coerced me whatever to get involved I have a little more uh, computer experience than he did this is by the by the way this is my my friend Chaim Reisner here in Pittsburgh so you could call him the brainchild and uh, from that point on as I got involved with it um, from many different angles I saw 
more and more clearly how important it was uh, to be doing this work and um, really how fundamental it was to uh, the progress of the direction that Torah needed to be taking to go out into the world. And I also saw um, different uh, attempts to to bring out this information and very sincere but without maybe the background uh, that uh, really gave it the uh, the depth that um, that it really had within the Torah so this just kept leading on and as I was getting contacted by people answering questions um, and seeing how much people uh, out there really wanted and needed the information I kind of just got hooked on on helping as much as I could uh, the people who were sincerely looking and individuals uh, being isolated in, in one place or another, feeling very alone and kind of, uh, of, uh, of uh, lost or um, put out on the sidelines because they chose this direction for their spiritual path. And after seeing, getting uh, in contact with enough people, I saw that I could actually put people together. Um, get them in contact with other Noahides, get them in contact with local rabbis who, who would be helpful. So that's right. really the, the function now that we're serving. Well, excellent. That's uh, uh, a lot of what Noahide Nations does as well. And it's not an easy task. I mean, uh, you you know yourself, it, uh, the more you take on, the more uh, intricate it becomes and, and the, the more uh, less manageable it becomes. And uh, you seem to have done a remarkable uh, job. Now, I noticed uh, when I was kind of going through your website, and I've been there a number of times, but you also have uh, uh, an organization called the United Noahide Academies. I'm sure that has something with the teaching of the Noahide laws, but could you elaborate a little bit more on that for us? Well, I'll have to go into the history a little bit. Um, okay. The, the, Noah, the, the Noahide Academies is not a uh, separate organization. United Noahide Academies is actually a registered U.S. trademark, um, and it is a project of Ask Noah International. Uh, how, how I, why did this come about? Um, one of the first things that we did to try and move this out to a larger scale was that my partner, Chaim Reisner, uh, went to Israel. He has family there who he visits, and while he was there, he began looking up anybody and everybody who, uh, at that time in 2004, that he knew of that was involved in um, the uh, Noahide outreach. Uh, because we had a, uh, a vision that what was really needed eventually would be uh, Noahide academies, learning centers, where Noahides could come and uh, learn the Torah of their Sheva Mitzvot, there's their seven commandments and uh, everything that is that is related to that, and that we knew that would require an organization that would require recruiting instructors, and it would also require having something of depth to teach. And uh, everyone that he spoke to among the rabbis we visited uh, was uh, they felt it was a very novel idea, but they thought it was a very good idea. Um, and uh, there were some uh, suggestions how that might come about. Um, so when he came back to the United States, uh, of course, this was way beyond anything that we at that time um, were um, organizationally or financially 
uh, able to begin, but we had the vision and we knew sort of the steps it would take to get there. But then it wasn't too long before we started uh, hearing news uh, from Israel of different groups deciding uh, it would be a great idea to start Noahide Academies. Hmm. So, <laughs> wondering where they might have gotten that idea. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Everyone, I think, you know, that's, uh, that's able and um, uh, sincere and, and, and wants to do this, it's, it's a great thing. But we, we realized that we had to really, you know, establish um, something uh, of our, for ourselves as, a, as it being a known project within Ask Noah. Um, so that's why we... Uh, started the United Noahide Academies as a uh, titled project. Um, at the same time, I had also, in corresponding with individuals, them wanting um, things to learn, I started uh, putting together email courses uh, where they would have be sent out email lessons, uh, have uh, quizzes to fill out, and they would they would get evaluated and get grades and get certificates. So that was really um, what we brought in as the beginning of the United Noahide Academies was the uh, the online courses or the email courses that I had put together, knowing that eventually we were going to be working to, to a broader and deeper um, uh, amount of material that eventually hopefully would be able to go into uh, real formal courses like accredited programs and then eventually maybe even say yeshivas of physical right. buildings where there's no height sitting and they can come and enroll and learn right well i know there's a desire for that well yeah and and i, I guess another aspect of that uh tying into an earlier comment about uh connecting uh interested noahides with uh qualified rabbis is that uh, for many of us, and I know here in Nova Scotia, I live in uh, Truro, so I'm uh, better than an hour away from uh, uh, from a Jewish community by which to make connection, and so I depend largely on the online, uh, you know, the online community uh, for that connection and and those relationships, which obviously is less than ideal, but uh, for so many, that's what we have no choice but to settle for at this time. So. So having these tools is really quite important and beneficial to us. Uh, on your website, uh, and the website is uh, www.asknoah.org, O-R-G, many of the links that are there go to the various uh, Chabad websites. Um, are Ask Noah and the United uh, Noahide Academies uh, part of the Chabad organization? No, we're not. I, and I think if you will... Uh, look at the links on the site. Uh, there's really maybe two or three different uh, Chabad organizations that are linked to for informational purposes. Um, now, uh, we are an, an independent organization. We're not organizationally linked to any other organization. Uh, so I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I guess sometimes when... Uh when you see the term Chabad, it, it sometimes uh, can look like it's all part of, like that's kind of an umbrella group, but uh, it's more separated perhaps than it appears? Is that? Um, it's, uh, it's separated, as I said, organizationally. We don't have anyone uh, who is, uh, you know, as a uh, umbrella organization uh, directing 
our projects okay. or the direction we're going. We set that out. Um, it, we do like to work with people that are that want to cooperate, and and we can you know help uh, each other. And you know that could be Chabad because Chabad is very interested in this. This, of course, uh, my partner and myself happen to be Chabad Hasidism. Um, however, you'll notice, for example, with the Divine Code book, that we were very careful that when we uh, took this uh, this this piece of uh, of uh, a new um, a new Torah source, we took this to the non-Hasidic uh, Rabbanim for their approbations, because it we we really uh, have as a our as our um, main focus. That everything should be correct according to the Torah and traditional Torah values, right. Right. and that's something that is universal among Ashkenazim, Sephardim, Hasidic, not Hasidic, and we really work hard to keep that um, that as our goal. Well, and, and that was a good question, by the way, Prescott, uh, because the Chabad uh, has been heavily involved in, in the Noahide movement for quite some time yes. due to the uh, uh, the Rebbe uh, Schneerson of, of blessed memory. And, in fact, it was it was one of his monumental achievements, it, well, at least for us Noahides, was the, a recognition of the seven Noahide laws by Ronald Reagan, who, by the way, happens to be my favorite president. But he, he was able to get that recognition and uh, subsequently able to have uh, uh, one of the Congresses, I think it was the 102nd Congress, uh, recognize the uh, seven Noahide laws as well, which is phenomenal. I mean, you can go online and, and look these up uh, uh, for yourselves, but I believe one of these was uh, uh, the Day of, of Reflection, and uh, I think the other one was Education Day USA, wasn't mm. it? That's that sound right? Yes, and, correct. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I know that's for for me anyway. I found that you know quite uh, uh, incredible that he was able to accomplish that and started paying closer attention to uh, things that he had done and things that he was doing, and a lot of it had uh, was sur- surrounded the the Noahide movement. And uh, I just thought, you know, they really did a, a phenomenal job. Now, I'm, I'm a, a little confused. The, the ASK organization and the United Noahide Academies, uh, which one of them actually is, like, taking the credit for this book? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, I'm trying to, just get, to get the name in there um, from both directions because the, the, the publishing and sponsoring organization is Ask Noah International, and it is a project of uh, the the uh, United Noahide Academies effort. So, uh, in other words, this is something that's going to be used in our project to promote Noahide Academies. Oh, I, okay, I see. And so, this is going to be uh, more or less a a, a text. Uh, if you will, to uh, kind of help the Noahides that are coming to you now and uh, in, into the future with these yeshivas that you speak of? That's right. Because when, as I got involved with it, um, on my own, I, I did see that, that different Noahides who were contacting me were at different levels. Some were, were just uh, didn't really know what it was all about. They wanted some basic information you know, where are the sources? Um, but then there were some who had been in it for years and had really learned everything that they could uh, 
that they could find at that point, and they were searching for more. So it was clear that there was a, a niche of a um, of something that was necessary at a, at a deeper level that people would be able to see and work in that they could work into, um, right. and that's that's coming from one direction. The other direction was that um, as as there began to be. Uh, more and more people involved in putting out information about the uh, the seven laws. I was seeing more and more of it that just it had you know had gaps and, and holes and incorrect things. And I saw that if this is really going to be something that's going to move forward as a, authentically, um, it has to have a foundation. Mm. Uh, and that's something that within say for example within Judaism, that that foundation has been built up over 2000 years or more. Right. Uh you know so so we're we're pretty well at this point uh, as as uh, observant Jews we know where to turn to get the answers and we know pretty much what our commandments are. Um yeah well <laughs> I, I have to agree with that and also add that we Noahides or I should say we Gentiles uh, uh, have had a tendency to forget I mean, which has been evidenced over the generations uh, uh, since the uh, giving of, of, of the seven, the first six to uh, Adam and Eve, and then the seventh one to Noah. Uh, I mean, I look at this as, you know, seven Noahide laws are, in essence, the oldest religion known to man. And yet, it's only been in the last 30 years that there's really been a, a resurgence uh, of that. And, and I'm using the word resurgence very broadly here. <laughs> uh, it's really started to kind of uh, take on a life of its own, as, if, if you will, over the, I'm going to say, the last 10 to 15 years. W w does that sound fair? Uh, yes, it does. And um, I'm just going to slip in that... Um, what really uh, was the driving force for us for Ask Noah was that um, after I had, the the organization had been founded and we were just getting started, um, really getting moving with it, and and then seeing these difficulties and things that were that needed answers, uh, we became aware that the Rebbe back in the in the 1980s, in the early 1980s, had started uh, speaking to people and calling f that there should be a so-called Shulchan Aruch, a code of Noahide laws, written, right. re re researched and written. And um, when I when I found that out, and I saw that there had been about three or four different ways the Rebbe had tried to accomplish that, and it hadn't been accomplished yet, um, I saw that this is really. The, f the foresight of what it, what was needed, and that really became our main um, our main focus uh, for the uh, for the Ask Noah organization, and the other things with the website and the uh, the forum that we have and the and the networking. This was all uh, things that were that were going on in parallel with the direction that we knew we had to fulfill this need for the codification of the Noahide laws. Well, we're kind of bumping up against the bottom of the hour here, uh, Doctor, and we definitely want to have you back for the second half of the show. Uh, in the meantime, we'll catch you on the other side, folks.
you love Israel and you're coming to the Holy Land, you need Israel's best tour guide. See Israel like you've never seen it before. Mayor Eisenman will take you around the country for an educational and fun experience. Each tourist gets a personally designed tour. The land of the Bible, the land of the Tanakh, comes alive in the hands of an energetic and experienced tour guide. Visit IsraelByMayor.com. That's IsraelByMayor, M-E-I-R, or email him directly at IsraelByMayor at gmail.com. When IDF soldiers are out in the field, they can really use a good pizza or some freshly baked goods. You can't beat our donuts. They're real donuts. Show them that you care. Send a tasty gift to an IDF soldier. Visit our website at herbiesbakeshop.com. That's Herbie with a Y. Just fill out the order online. They'll love you for it. Or you can make the Israel National Radio staff's day by sending them coffee or a pizza break. Just fill out the order online. Herbiesbakeshop.com. Herbiesbakeshop.com. Welcome back, everybody. Certainly appreciate you sticking around for the second half of this show. It's uh, going to be quite an exciting one because we're going to be uh, getting into the actual contents of this divine code, uh, which is uh, basically a guide on observing the Sheva Mitzvot, uh, the, the seven Noahide laws. It is volume one. I think you folks may understand that this book was actually published in Hebrew under the title of Sefer Sheva Mitzvot. Vote. Hopefully the good doctor will be able to share some of that with us. Uh, but I would like to say we were kind of talking during the uh, break, and Dr. Schulman has uh, informed me that uh, Ask Noah is a full-time job for him now. His love of Torah is very obvious just from you know his organization and, and his book, but it's even more obvious now that he's given up being a, a physicist and engineer for the love of Torah and obviously for the love of mankind because it's uh, dealing with Gentiles, dealing with, dealing with Noahides and helping them to understand who they are. And, and what it means to be a Noahide and what our role is in Hashem's creation. So, Doctor, to kind of uh, get back into this, I mentioned to the audience, this book was published in Hebrew originally under the, the title, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it's Sefer Shevamit's Vote. Is that correct? Um, not quite. It's actually okay. Sefer Shevamit's Vote Hashem, ah, meaning the okay. book of seven divine commandments, not just seven oh, commandments. Okay. Okay. Can you tell us why you did it in Hebrew first? Um, well, the author of the work is Rabbi Moshe Weiner in Israel, a very brilliant Torah scholar. And as we said, that we saw that we had to, to make this a, a foundation for the moving forward of the Noahide movement. And in, in my work, I encountered many rabbis, you know, experts in their own right in many fields of Torah, but they really didn't know very much at all about the the seven commandments for the Gentile world. And well, I can I can appreciate that. <laughs> so so we know we knew that we had we had to educate the Jewish people about what the seven commandments are and in particular the rabbis, they have the the background and the breadth from all of Torah that not to say they didn't know about it, but they just had never really gone into it in the depth that other parts that were practical to Jews had been gone, had been gone into, just because they didn't, they didn't think that there was going to be a time <laughs> in history before the <laughs> Messiah comes and takes us to Israel that we would be dealing with this. And it was this, this, was, this was a wake-up call 
to the whole Orthodox world saying that the, the alarm clock has gone off and it's time now that we have to live up to our responsibility that was given to us because right. now's, now's the time. So it's really the Hebrew versions, the original Hebrew, are extremely scholarly, extremely in-depth, uh, and very broadly uh, resourced so that you know, any rabbi that has any questions or any rabbi who wants to get into the Noahide movement, he can see that where he has everything on a very firm basis and, and, and he will have all his questions answered by going into these books. So, uh, in other words, in order to be a light unto the nations, you have to turn the light on. Right. <laughs> and it sounds like with this book, you've done just that. Because for me, and I apologize, I've only been able to get through uh, a few sections of the book. I mean, it takes a long time even just to get through a few pages if you're really a diligent uh, studier, because the book is remarkably well-sourced. And if you're the kind of person that wants to, you know, you, you take some information and you confirm it, you reconfirm it, you try to prove it wrong, and if you can't, then boy, it must be for real. And it looks like from what I've seen so far, uh, you've done just that. These The sources in here are, are phenomenal. Right, and it's all there in English so that the Noahide himself... Um, the Noahide has total permission to become a Torah scholar in his own commandments, and this is showing him how to do it. Well, can you, can you go into a little depth about what this Volume 1 would include for the Noahide, what they have to, to look forward to when they, when they start studying this? Okay, well, um, this, the Volume 1 is in four parts. The, the first part is on the fundamentals of the faith, meaning that the Rambam Maimonides would call the Hasidei Umot HaOlam, the pious Gentiles of the world. They are keeping the Seven Commandments because it was commanded by God through Moses at Mount Sinai, because right. how else do you think that it got put into the Torah? Moses is the one who recorded the Torah. So this is the only way that we know of such a thing, that, that, there, is, that there are Seven Commandments, is from the Torah. So this section on the fundamentals of faith deals with the basis of Torah and how it relates to, to non-Jews, and then also things that are related to the fundamentals of faith for, for Jews also. Uh, what does it mean, faith in prophecy? Um, also, what does it mean, faith, that there, what, that there is one God, and what, it, what does it mean, one God? Uh, what is the efficacy of prayer? fundamental things like that that relate to a person of spirituality and faith so they can see what that basis is. Then after going through those fundamentals, we move into the Noahide commandments and all the branches and different situational things that, that you can encounter. So we have the prohibition of, of idolatry and the prohibition of blasphemy and the prohibition of eating the, the meat that was severed from a living animal and many different ramifications of those things in, in a very practical basis. Uh, so that's what comprises the first volume. But we also put into here introductory sections. Before each of those sections on the commandments, we put an introduction from some, some of the introductions are from Rabbi Emanuel Shulkit in Toronto. There's one from Dr. Joe Regenstein uh, from Cornell University, who's a, an expert in humane slaughter, uh, in the meat industry, and also there's added in editor's notes that explain different things that, that um, you might have questions on or different interesting observations on the text itself. 
Now, Rabbi Emanuel Shochet, he appears on uh, uh, Passages, a local uh, TV station that we get up here in Canada. He's always been one of my favorites because he's very colorful and and speaks very plainly. I've learned a lot from him, you know, because I started watching him, I guess, probably in the late 1990s on that uh, on that program. And uh, I think he still appears occasionally. So it sounds like a lot of work went into the book. A lot of people were involved in the book. How long did it take to actually pool all of this information and bring it together? Just, just for this volume one, to produce the Hebrew volume uh, was two years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then as the work was going on, as different uh, chapters became finished, we, we were working on rough translations. So then when the text was, was, was finalized in the Hebrew, then I, I took the rough translations and began working that through into the finished product that you see. And that is, it's hard to describe how, how labor-intensive that is because going into sort of every word. And I was working very closely all the time with Rabbi Weiner. Rabbi Weiner is an American who made Aliyah to Israel, but he feels more comfortable on a technical basis producing it in Hebrew. But then once I made a draft translation, he would go through it with me and make sure that everything was exactly how he had meant it to be. And the other thing is that some of the footnotes were very lengthy, maybe running a few pages, and that it was just it w- that was just unnecessary to be in the English. So we did edit out some of the uh, very technical length of the, some of the footnotes, but keeping in all of the sources there uh, where the information was. Right. So that was, uh, but the the actual paragraphs and the numbers of the footnotes do follow. I'd probably say about ninety eight percent exactly with the original Hebrew text. Uh, you may you may have mentioned it. how long did it actually take to to do this? It sounds like you know several years of, of, of work. Well, the work on the volume one took two years, and as you said, it was I think it was published in two thousand and eight. So the the work uh, was begun on that in two thousand six, and then we have. The work itself was begun about, I would say, around uh, December of 2005. It was finished in, in December 2007. Then there was a publication and translation. And now we have just finished Volume 2 in 2009. So the two, each of the two volumes took two years of Rabbi Weiner's dedicated work. Wow. Wow. Uh, and you're, you're jumping a little ahead of me here. You got that volume two in there. I wanted it to be a surprise, but uh, <laughs> okay. uh, we'll, we'll definitely get into that too because, uh, right. you know, it's a, a pretty exciting news. I did want to ask, I, as I was going through the book, it, it says that it is, you know, the first codification of the seven Noahide laws. And as you well know, I mean, many speak of uh, uh, Rambam's Mishnah Torah as being a codification as well. Not not of the Noahide laws, but of, of, of Torah in general and in the Mishnah Torah. So I, you know, I'm very curious uh, for our audience, uh, Dr. Schulman, can you explain what the word codification means in the rabbinic community? Okay. Um, I would... I would split that up into maybe about four or five levels that go into making that up, based on what the the Rambam did, Maimonides did in writing the Mishnah Torah. First of all, there is the establishing of what are the fundamental principles of how we know what the commandments are. Because someone who just opens up the Bible and starts looking through the verses and tries to figure out either what the Noahide commandments are 
or what the Jewish commandments are, is going to have a very, very rough time, and a lot of it is going to be his own uh, take on it and not, <laughs> not what it's really meant to be. So in the Torah tradition, there are, there's a set of fundamental principles that define how do you know if, when a statement from God is a commandment, and then what exactly are those commandments, what are their limits? What are the what are the boundaries of the of the of the commandments, and what are, what are the practical applications of them? So going through and uh, that process and d- defining them, defining what what the the limits are of when something else, let's just say is a uh, a, a moral ab- obligation, an intellectual ab- obligation, uh, which a person he benefits others and he even uh, receives reward himself for doing good deeds, versus something which is hey this is you know God's decree and you know that's. Th- it's an incumbent on a person on a spiritual level for himself and his soul. So there's the teaching of where those different categories go, and then bringing it out into what is a person going to encounter in his practical life, or that he theoretically might encounter, that he's going to, he would need to make a decision, am I allowed to do this, am I not allowed to do this, what's my obligation in that situation? So that uh, right. then becomes the, the codification of what we call the halakha, the precepts uh, okay. within, the, within the commandments. Uh-huh. Well, and, and as you can very easily see uh, for our audience, uh, a codification is not a simplistic word. Uh, it, it's something that uh, a great uh, amount of effort and wisdom and knowledge go into, uh, into extrapolating the halakha that you are referring to, and the halakha being the law. Correct. I am uh, curious, uh, Dr. Schulman, there's a lot of, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's, there is a number of books out there that encompass the seven Noahide laws. Uh, some of them you're probably well familiar with, uh, you know, Seven Colors of the Rainbow by, by uh, Rabbi Binman, Seven Laws of Noah, Path of the Righteous Gentile, you know, just to name a few. Uh, how do you feel that the Divine Code compares to these earlier books on the seven Noahide laws? Those books that you mentioned are very important books. But when I actually began working on Ask Noah, which was uh, in 1999 going into 2000, before that it really wasn't on my radar at all. And this is it's something that, okay, I heard about it. Um, I didn't know that it was really anything practical or important. Then suddenly I found out how important it was, and I had to educate myself pretty quickly. And those books were, the, of course, the, the first ones that I picked up. And I give all the credit to, to those individuals who you know, were on the vanguard and saw something that was, was needed, and they put that out. However, it's a, an overview, not as thoroughly you know, researched and as thoroughly uh, gone in, in into the the depth and uh, perhaps as we talked about really understanding the fundamentals and you know in some cases because of the fact that it was a little bit gone through you know quickly and as an overview there are some mis- mistakes errors here and there in um, saying what a particular precept is and I think part of that is because when a certain question would come out up and there wasn't an obvious answer, the easy thing to do is fall back and say, well, for Jews, it's done this way, so probably for Noahide, <laughs> if they, they do it the same way. Right? And uh, right. Yeah. You're, you're laughing, so you know what I'm talking about. Um, but we, Yes, I do. We wanted, to, we wanted to clear that up. We wanted to know, because certainly 
almost everything is not as uh, as strict on Noahides as it is for Jews, and it's not fair to Gentiles to make them think that they have to live by a higher standard than actually God expects of them. So we wanted to make sure that what was be, if a person wanted to do it on a minimal basis, but be sure they were doing the right thing, we wanted them to have that information. Well, and I think at the same time, uh, not only have you you know helped uh, on that side, where you know Noahides and, and Jews are distinctly different, and what and how they're to observe their you know particular commandments. But at the same time, I think you've also given us an appreciation for the significance and importance of following those seven commandments, which I think has been going on, oh, I don't know, I guess it's been kind of lax for you know, quite a number of years because there's so many different uh, kinds of teachings out there. There's such a, a huge variety that what we've needed for a long, long time is a, a central source that we can go to, that we can use as, well, and I even hate to use the word definitively at this point, but we need something like this that we can go to and, and look at and study in order to come up with the correct answers to the halakha questions right. for Noahites. I am curious, Doctor, there's obviously a you know pretty big difference at times with the language of Hebrew and, and English. And my curiosity is in, are, are there any significant differences between the Hebrew and English editions uh, that you think we would need to know about? Well, I would say that um, I mean, myself, coming from a secular background in my own life and being very involved and in, in immersed in the Gentile culture, I knew perhaps more than Rabbi Weiner where something that to him was very simple and very straightforward would just fly over the heads of the audience. And it had to be brought down, and he realized this as well. And that's why he worked so hard on the English to bring it down to speak to the the experience that the Gentiles have and the uh, the points of view, and, and and to explain those concepts. Obviously, number number one, it's only in English; it's not in Spanish or French or Russian yet. So, right. this was this was the place to start, and it does need translation, and it needs careful translation into other languages. Then uh, it, it's, it's words, you know. It's, it, the best we can, can we can uh, to try to communicate the ideas. And this is where you know, if a person, you know, if he has questions or uh, wants to know more, wants to know if he has a proper understanding, he can he can write in to ask Noah, or he can go to his his rabbi or some other Noahite who's who has been living by this and 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 ask those questions and work through the answers. Excellent. That's the kind of response I like to hear, especially the part that you said about going to a, another mm -hmm. Noahide, because uh, in reality, there are a lot of Noahides that happen to know right. quite a bit uh, of Torah, because they've been studying under rabbis for, for years and years. They've been studying on their own. I, I really appreciate you uh, stating that. And I will, we're kind of closing in on the end of the show, and I do, uh, Doctor, want to give you an opportunity to share with us what is going to be in the, the Volume 2, and also when do you expect Volume 2 to be released in the English version? Okay. Uh, well, Volume 2 is three more sections, which are on three more of the Noahide commandments. Uh, it's the prohibition of murder, the prohibition of forbidden sexual relationships, and uh, the prohibition of theft. You know, with, within that, you have you have the negatives, and then you also have the positive ramifications. Right. So 
you know, within within what we call a prohibition of murder, you know, what are the obligations to preserve and protect human life? And within within mm, forbidden right. relations, there is how do you establish a godly type of atmosphere as as a family with marriage, and if it's needed, a proper divorce and so on. So those are the practical positive amp- uh, ramifications, and then also the the, the longest section. Anywhere in the work so far is a section on theft because it's, uh, there's so much, yep. <laughs> so much there. Oh yes, in fact, uh, Prescott and I are uh, doing uh, several segments on theft because uh-huh. it's it's so critical and there is so much involved with it that you know we are uh, addressing that. We already knew going in it was going to take us you know several shows uh, to be able to convey even in part what theft is all about and the damage it causes, you know, why it's so important not to commit theft. So I'm I'm kind of anxious to uh, get this volume too so I can have a look at that to see see how close Prescott and I were on <laughs> on the subject. Uh, when do you expect it to be coming out? Well, it has uh, just at the beginning, sort of halfway through November, it was published in Israel. There are two places that it's available in Hebrew in Israel, which is the uh, the Girsa uh, bookstore in, in Jerusalem, and also the Chish Printing, who was the the printing company. They also do distributing, and now it's just a matter of waiting for that boat to get across the water <laughs> until I have the the, the copies here uh, in the states that I can start distributing them over here. And these are the, uh, so Eng- talking- the English copies. This is this is the Hebrew. Okay. Now the English, uh, the English is in progress. We have a very good start on it. It's probably going to be a couple months, realistically. And I will say that we did not shy away from some very controversial subjects in this volume because we have things like euthanasia, mm. assisted suicide, abortion, birth control uh, methods, and so on, which. They're very practical and they're very controversial. So I may be going to an unlisted phone number at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I can appreciate that one as well. <laughs> well, uh, from the sounds of it, it looks like maybe mid-2010 we can look for an actual release of the publication. Well, I hope it's before then. Okay. We're, we're, we're trying our best. Well, well, you'll let us know, and we can make an announcement Excellent. on that. And in the meantime, you can pick up the Divine Code Volume 1 uh, at the website of www.asknoah.org.org. And I'm going to go ahead and throw in a, a shameless plug here. You can also pick it up on Noahide Nations. And that, that's kind of neat, too, because in doing that, you can not only support a Jewish organization, but be supporting a Noahide organization as well. Uh, but either way, uh, the important thing is that you get it into your hands and, and start doing some reading, start studying this, and see if you don't see what I see, the, the significance of this, and what it is going to do for mankind uh, just in, in general, overall. Uh, so, Doctor, I, as much as I hate to say this, that we have to bring the show to a close. Certainly, let us know when your Volume 2 is coming out, and we'll be able to get you back on the air, and we can kind of you know, maybe help finish up on the, the Volume 1, but really uh, dig into Volume 2. And I certainly hope you'll consider doing that for us. I'd love to. Excellent. Well, thank you. you know, we, we appreciate you being here. And please do keep up the, the great work, the great mitzvot that you're doing. Thank you. We will. Yes. We will. Okay. Well, folks, uh, we have to bring this one to a close, sadly. Uh, we appreciate you having been with us for the the entire hour, and we look forward to being with you next week. And in the meantime, please, please 
always look to the heavens for your help from Hashem because, my friends, I'm going to guarantee He's always looking out for you. Shavua Tov. Joshua had one at Jericho. Gideon had one. Now you can too. You can buy your very own authentic Israeli-made ceremonial ram's horn or shofar anywhere in the world by visiting www.thegreatshofar.com. For free shipping, enter the code INR on the website checkout page. That's INR for Israel National Radio. Get your very own shofar at www.thegreatshofar.com. Hey, what's that new stuff you're using to uh, brush your teeth with? Tohar oil. Tohar oil? Where's that from? Israel. Israel? Israel. You want a natural herbal total tooth and mouth cleansing experience? Now from Israel, Shemana Tohar. Get a bottle of etheric oil formula and a container of mineral enriched powder which absorbs germs and bacteria. Get the Tohar oil treatment kit. Visit www.sheman-hatohar.com. Sheman-hatohar.com. Yeah.